I can get the ping pong one for free, but I didn't really like the animes. I've never had much interest in reading the manga. <laughs> it happens, Corey. I don't like stuff sometimes. I don't know, but it's so good. Use that as the bumper, aren't you? Yeah, I don't know. Welcome back to Manga New Year's. My name is Corey. Helen and April are with me. Hi, everybody. And we are here to talk about manga. First off, we are continuing our uh, wild journey through Clover. Or not through Clover. Uh, we are talking about Clover, but we are continuing a journey through Clamp. Um, and uh, this one is, is really weird. Um, on the back half... <laughs> That's we what we say about every Clamp series, basically. True. Um, but, like, on the scale of weird, uh, this is pretty pretty weird. Ah oh, man, we gotta get you into some of the real weird clamp fun. Uh, I mean, I mean, would have said Chobix is part of the real like, weird like, no, we don't. <laughs> Chobix is obviously weirder, but this is still pretty weird. Um, I guess the most normal clamp thing that I've seen or reg might be Kobato, and even that's kind of weird. Uh, I mean, that one doesn't even have, like, any reincarnations and stuff. Well, wait, no, I think it does. Actually, never mind. Yeah, it isn't, like, Shaoran and uh, Sakura in that one. No, I think Kobato is like the reincarnation of an angel or something. Okay. Well, I didn't get that far. Or the anime did not get that far. Anyway, talking about Clover here. Uh, back half, we're going to talk about BL Metamorphosis, um, which is better than Clover. But <laughs> <laughs> Clover is about a young uh, young girl named Sue. Uh, I don't think we ever really got an age for her, but she looks to be in her uh, teens of some, some sort. Um she is what's called a four-leaf clover, which is the strongest super-powered people in this world. There are also three, two, and one-leaf clovers. Um, there are only two three-leaf clovers. There are formerly three, but one of them killed another of the three-leaf clovers because they have some problems. Uh, we'll talk about that later, maybe. Um, but the, the series begins with Kazuhiko, an ex, uh, ex-military dude who needs to transport uh, Sue to... Uh, Physic Fairy Park, and uh, that, that's it's basically the first part of it. Uh, there's some, like, um, stuff where Sue is being pursued by some people and being attacked. Um, Kazuhiko has a missing arm for reasons that either were not revealed yet, or uh, I did not remember. I thought uh, he lost it in, like, a military thing, because he was an ex-military guy. Yeah, I mean, that sounds familiar. I think he was fighting against a guy that's like, you want me to kick your other arm, or maybe I'm just making that up. <laughs> and inserting some memory from Dragon Ball Z because Gohan locks his arm once. But anyway, Corey's just making up clamp fan fiction on this podcast. Yeah, none of us can even tell. I, if I if I said that and neither of you had read Clamp, you would maybe believe it, right? Yeah, I don't think I would believe how weird Clamp is if I hadn't read most of it. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the second half uh, after Kazuhiko takes Suda Fairy Park uh, deals more with Kazuhiko's life with. Uh, a singer whose name is not mentioned in Wikipedia, and I don't have do not have the book in front of me, so I got her name. Uh, oh, name is Aura. It doesn't mention in Wikipedia. Hooray. Um, name of we Aura. We script, folks. In yeah. case you couldn't tell. <laughs> we do. We need to. Or I need to prepare more. Uh, but she is a one-leaf clover, I believe, and her only ability is to know the day that she dies, which is very sad. Um, 
when she wants to live her life to the fullest until then she creates a phone relationship with Stu during this time um, because the four and three leaf clovers are separated from uh, both each other and society as a whole and only these uh, secretive not secretive but like uh, all seemingly all powerful five elder people are in charge of everything and they are stronger than an individual three leaf but they're not stronger than both of the three leafs and they're not stronger than uh the one four leaf either so they have to uh, contain her and tell her not to kill everyone i guess even though she doesn't seem to be someone who would kill everybody but these people are very scared of that um i don't remember whether it was during the recording or before we started but Helen, you mentioned that this is technically not a complete manga, but it is uh, released by Kogansha as a complete edition. Uh, it contains a lot of chapters, like 5 billion chapters, because each of the chapters are 2 to 5 pages long. But uh, what did you two think of Clover? Yeah, Clover is one of those clan series that's sort of like perpetually on hiatus. It was four single volumes originally, and I think Clamp has said they want to do like two more but as it stands like the whole story wraps up in like one or two volumes and then it just goes into like extended flashback territory uh i don't know i kind of appreciate the fact that you can read it as a complete series just with a lot of side stories for once instead of being like an unfinished story of theirs Mm -hmm. so i appreciate it for that and it's got a very nice steampunk aesthetic going on true it's a good it's a good looking one it's before all the people got too noodly (laughs) Yeah, I like the way that it looked. I think that's the thing that I enjoyed the most. Like, it's a really pretty manga. But I actually thought that I had read Clover a long time ago, like uh, around Card Capture, Sailor Moonish, a long time ago. But apparently, I hadn't. I'm just like really familiar with the art when there were image galleries on. I just like love the art. I remembered all the art in the back of the book, but I've never actually um, read the series, so this was my first time. I did not like the ending at all. Really, <laughs> I just it I. I did not like it. I was not happy when I got to the end. I got to the end, I'm like, this is the end. Like, I literally said, like, this is the end of it. This is how I thought, like, there was going to be an end, and there's not. Like, the end of Sue's story or the end of the collected edition? I guess I don't know what I thought, because, I mean, Sue kind of gets wrapped up in the first part a little bit, but I just, I I thought maybe they would meet each other again, or I, I'm I don't sure know what I'm pretty sure she's dead. <laughs> wait, wait, she's dead? I think so. That's always been my interpretation as of reading it, that she dies. I thought Sue was alive, and she was just captured by the random elder yeah, people. Yeah! That's what I... She's... Like I said before we started the podcast, I have not reread this in a while. I meant to, but my impression has always been that she did. Well, now I have to relook at it. Since, you know, it's, it's, that, it's that old trope, you know, with great power comes short lifespans, and she's the most powerful of all of them. Mm-hmm. And especially when you factor in that Oro's one power is to know the time she's going to die. And so I kind of assumed that the rest of the Clovers probably also had an idea when they were going to die, except for, like, that one boy who murdered his twin brother. Not sure either of them saw that coming. I do remember they said the clovers, uh, or the three and four leaf clovers, will uh, age at an accelerated rate if they are not inside of whatever thing is stopping that from happening. Uh, I guess it was like a stasis, time stasis Mm -hmm. chamber, so time doesn't move except they can still move. I don't know. Yeah, it's like general, like weird 80s psychic BS, except it wasn't written in the 80s, which makes it a little odd. (laughs) Yeah. I did like... uh, 
a lot of the paneling and stuff that they were doing with this. They had like a lot of uh, back and forth dialogue where it was just one panel is one piece of dialogue, and the next panel is another piece of dialogue, and they had like some back to backs with the left and right being the a face, and then the person talking, another face, person talking, and and so on. I thought those were really creative. They get a lot with uh, double page spreads as well, and um, a lot with just the the use of no backgrounds and just these characters, which I thought was pretty good and powerful for those moments. Um, like as always, the clamp aesthetic is very good and very uh, useful in in making the manga look really nice. And uh, the collected editions include a lot of color pages in the front and the back, which are uh, gorgeous, obviously, but um, the manga, like, I think I enjoyed the manga, uh, and I think it's worth reading, but, uh, I was very confused by it. Yeah, I think I agree with Corey, like, I really enjoyed it, and I would probably go back to it just to read it and look at it again, um, but it, it's, it, I didn't find it super, super confusing, I just kind of went with it, it was more the ending, again, that I wasn't really happy with, um, but I really thought that, that like, it looked nice, and it had a particular style to it, it just... I just don't know what happened at the end. Like, if she's really dead, I completely miss that totally. That seems like an important part of the story that needs to be made a little more obvious. <laughs> okay, so clearly once this podcast is over, we're all going to go back to our volumes. <laughs> like, is she dead? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I assume she was alive. I assume the uh, the second half was a continuation and not a flashback. Was it a flashback? I think a lot of that was flashbacks, or at least it's With diving into the backstories of a number of characters, so I thought that at least some of it was in the flashback. Like, Oro's story definitely is, and she is mm-hmm. definitely dead before the main story starts. So, I don't know, I assume part of it was. I think I think part of the reason I assumed it was flashback is because um, uh, Kazuhiko isn't really present as much, and I was thinking, well, if mm-hmm. he's done with his mission with Sue... And he knows these other people. Presumably, he would have shown back up in the story if this was a continuation. Mm-hmm. So I thought maybe those chapters were happening like simultaneously. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Who knows if Clamp even knew what they were doing? Like, I know, I know what he's right. saying this, but True. Clamp is just not always the best at having concrete plots ready for their stories. And I don't know if this is a case where the magazine got canceled or whatever for why Clover stopped running. But I know they've definitely had that one happen. I don't know if they just ran out of steam on this one, which they've also definitely had that happen in some of their other series. But, yeah, Clamp. Been making just odd stuff for 30 years now. Yeah, let's see. Clover was serialized in Kokonsha's Ami from 1997 until the magazine's demise in 1999. Okay, so they've had that a couple of times. Wait, 1990. Oh, 99. Okay. Yes. Numbers, they're hard. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess that's part of it. Since I know when... Um, legal drugs magazine died on them like three times in a row they just sort of stopped for a while so i wonder if that's more the case here where it's just an oh we don't want to find another place that will take more of the story although by this point their art style is totally different it it would definitely be a bit of a stretch for them to try and imitate their own art i guess (laughs) they can make a fanfic of clover uh (laughs) as their as themselves go back to their roots I mean, they did start out as doujin art- artists, you know, Wish is sort of based off of, like, their JoJo um, doujin, so I mean... We talked about that yeah. on, the Wish, on the Wish podcast, right? Yep. Okay, good. Uh, or if we didn't, I've heard it several times, and I'm inserting my memory into that. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I think I read, like, an anime planet comment when I was logging in there that was, like, 
they never met each other again after the uh, after the ending of the first half. Mm-hmm. So I just assumed that this part was a, uh, a continuation, and it's like, oh, he moved on. Now he has a girlfriend. Oh, um, oh no, I totally didn't read it that way. <laughs> okay, maybe that's why I read it. Where they never met again. And I was th- maybe I read that and thought, oh, they just mean she's dead. This is how grown up stuff. I read this when I was in high school. I read this when I was in high school and I was young and I was impressionable. I was actually listening in my English literature classes, which you know really messed me up since then. But <laughs> back when you didn't know where the on switch on was in Jovix. That that was less an English literature class thing and more of a Helen is very much asexual thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, do anyone have anything else on Clover before we take a break and move on? It's very pretty. Yeah, it's pretty. It's one that I would say that if folks are interested, definitely check it out from the local library, assuming you can check things out from your local library at this point. Yeah. Uh, if you are interested, generally interested in clamp, and you just like to collect clamp stuff, though, the Kabancha edition is very nice. It's a huge hardcover volume uh, with a lot, of, a lot of pages. A lot of pages. There's like 500 pages. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that one's hardcover, since I have the Dark Horse edition, which is also collected, but in paperback, so that poor spine, it just started <laughs> cracking immediately. Yeah. Is that one volume, or is that two? One volume. Oh, one. gosh. Yeah, yeah and right. I know Tokyo Pop put it out back in the day in four individual volumes. This might have even been flipped. That was one of their early releases. Jeez. So you might be able to find that in a used bookstore, but might as well go with something nicer. Yep. All right. Let's uh, take a short break, and we'll be back to talk about BL Metamorphosis. The congregation's gone My city of Welcome back, y'all. And now for our currently ongoing series, we're going to be talking about BL Metamorphosis by Kaoru Surutani. It's being published by Seven Seas, and we have two volumes out so far. The series is just about due to wrap up in Japan, so it's probably going to be about five volumes, maybe six total. So uh, the story starts out by focusing on Ichinoi, who is a 75-year-old woman. She's still keeping a pretty active life, honestly, but her husband died a couple years ago, so she's feeling a little lonely, and it seems like everything keeps changing around her when she's not paying attention. Like, her favorite cafe is closed, and when she goes to the bookstore, they've moved all the sections around, and so while she's browsing in the bookstore, she finds some manga and thinks, oh, it's been a long time since I've read any manga. This looks nice. Let me take it home. And the uh, high school girl who's a clerk at the store, Aurora, is looking at the things that Ichinoi is purchasing, but not saying anything. And when Ichinoi gets home, she discovers that what she has got is actually a BL romance. Uh, not a graphic one. It sounds like this one is very much uh, longing looks and meaningful conversations. Uh, but she reads it and she's like, oh, I really like this. And so she goes back to the store to get some more stuff. And she ends up asking that same clerk for recommendations. And so Ichinoi and Urara strike up a very unlikely relationship as they both enjoy uh, these BL manga titles together. They go to an event where the author is writing and signing, and Ichinoi <laughs> tells her, you need to write more quickly. And this is the only of us have had when it comes to comics. There's also a great little scene where she's calculating, oh, one new volume comes out every year, 
So if I live to be 80, that means I only get five more volumes. I better live for 10 more years. <laughs> and I was thinking, that is intensely relatable. Like, I've definitely seen some authors on their websites before saying, oh, I'm going to try and put out all these books over the next few years. And I'm thinking, okay, we both need to not die before this happens. We just need to get through all of it. So I thought this was a rather charming little work. I can see why some folks in my Twitter timeline were talking about this before it had been licensed. Um, were you guys also charmed by it? Yeah, I thought it was cute. I really enjoyed it. I heard a little bit about it before it got released, too. And so I was already interested, and I meant to pick up the print volume, and I didn't, so I got the digital, and I wish I would have gotten the print now. It's a, like, it's a really nice story, and I feel like both of the characters... I don't know the best way to put it. I guess you sort of have an idea about who they are or who they were before they met each other, which I appreciated. I didn't know if it was just going to be kind of surface-level stuff. But I like sort of the day-to-day life of the older woman and sort of seeing what she does and the routine that she has by herself. I I I really enjoyed the parts that focused on her, and it's nice to see, like, two people bond over a hobby because I think that's one of the best parts in life is when you can do something like that with other people. So it's it's... I tend to like the series that are focused on sort of day-to-day interactions or things that maybe you would like consider small. I, I really, I, I have a lot to say about this one, and I really enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, I like this one a lot. I, uh, I agree with what you were saying, April. I like the little looks into their lives, like with Urga uh, not being able to really communicate with anyone except for the Shalakuk best friend. But the uh, best friend, who's a guy, is kind of... Uh, distancing himself from her because they are teenagers of opposite sexes so that sometimes that really happens. I think he was distancing himself. I felt like Urara was distancing herself from him but he's still interested in being close friends of her and maybe interested in dating her since I kind of got the impression he was sort of lukewarm on his current girlfriend that we see. Yeah. To me it struck me as like that very traditional manga trope of like nerdy girl more popular guy can they make it work or not? <laughs> yeah, um, I guess what I... Yeah, I meant the opposite. Um, I misspoke, but... Um, he does have a girlfriend, though, and he doesn't, he doesn't seem... I mean, he's, he kind of seems into her, uh, or nagging to her, I don't know. It's very confusing, but... Um, the uh, the interactions they have with each other about... Uh, or, or the interactions that... Rara and Ikinoe have with each other uh, about BL and <laughs> about how they just like connect on that level and also go to some uh, Gogen events specifically to see their favorite author of um, I forget what the comics title it comic title is but uh, the author's name is Komega which I don't know why I remember that but um, seeing them like just be there so excited can I shake your hand please that's uh, incredibly cute moments and. <laughs> Seeing how old Ichinoe is compared to the rest of the crowd, uh, even having moments where she has to sit down because she's been standing too long and she can't go from standing to walking. Um, I don't look forward to being 75. (laughs) Yeah, I also liked a lot of the little moments we see in their lives. Like, you can see that Ichinoe has, um, she does still definitely give some craps, but she gives fewer of them now. You can tell that she's become, like, a little more laid back as she's aged. And there's also little details about, like, Urara hiding, like, her really hardcore BL in her room. But she doesn't always do a great job at hiding it. So when her childhood friend comes over and he's waiting in her room, he checks out the stuff. He's like, oh, okay, she's into that. I'm going to pretend I didn't see it, though, just so I don't embarrass her. <laughs> yeah, that sounds you know, accurate. 
with each, you know, I, I also really liked her. Um, when one of my grandmothers passed away a couple of years ago at her funeral, they were reading a letter that she had written to her mother-in-law after my grandfather had died. And so my grandmother must have been in like her thirties or so. And so she's detailing trying to raise like all of her children. And I was thinking that how interesting a person she must have been when she was at my age and how sad it is in some ways that we don't get to meet our own parents, our own grandparents when they're the most similar to us, when we could have like really connected at the same ages. And so it's always nice to see a story where even though Ichinoi and Aurora are like, what, 50 years apart in age or so, that they are able to meet each other in some ways at a similar point in their lives where they're both really enjoying um, this hobby. We can see that Aurora might be getting pushed to even try doing her doujin herself. And it's just really nice. Also, we get a couple of cute little scenes with the doujin artist um, working, you know, and <laughs> talking to her assistant like, draw doujin with me, come to the dark side, <laughs> which I just thought was very I hope there's a couple more moments with them in the future volumes. Yeah, I was incredibly charmed by the uh, chapters with Komega. Um, and I also really like uh, that this is such an unusual relationship uh, age-wise. Like, it's never pointing out by the characters or by um, or by just by the characters in the, talking to each other, but it is in the background sometimes. Like, oh, what's that grandma and grandkid talking about? Um, <laughs> and they're, they're talking about BL. It's very... It's not something that you would expect. Um, and you even see, like, the age gap between uh, Ikinoe's daughter and Urara when they're trying to fix, like, a cabinet, and neither of them could do it because they're too old, their eyes are too weak, and then uh, Urara walks in there and fixes the cabinet very easily because she is, like, what, 17 or whatever. They're like, oh, good, a young person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the eternal role of the young person to fix stuff. Although usually it's technology. Oh, I did have a thought with this manga, the one that really brings Ichinoi and Urara together, the one by Komeda, I was thinking, man, I would dislike this BL so much. It seems like it's just really slow all the time, and Ichinoi is complaining, oh, she keeps doing like these time skips here, you know, they get to a really good moment, and then the volume ends, and the next volume picks up at a different time. And I'm thinking, that would annoy the heck out of me. <laughs> I, can, I can appreciate these two characters enjoying the series, however, it would drive me up a wall. <laughs> It also seems like one of those will they won't they series. Uh, I mean, a lot of uh, yeah. romance of that sort is a kind of will they won't they thing. Uh, maybe they're together already, and it's just like will they won't they break up. But it doesn't seem like it would trend in that direction, given that most uh, most of the happier stories will not, at least. Yeah, I may be older than Aurora and younger than Ichinoi, but I just have no time, no patience anymore for those stories. Will they won't they? <laughs> it makes me feel like an old lady, except the actual old lady here is probably still charmed a little bit by the novelty of it um yeah also it's really nice it's like it's like when you come out to one of your grandparents and they're much more accepting about you not being straight than you would expect otherwise not exactly what happened in my case my case was a little more interesting but uh, <laughs> um yeah I, I, it's nice when you see even this idea of like oh enjoying these stories isn't just for young people it's for anyone who's not bigoted to be turned off by an unconventional love story Yep. There's only volumes of this out, right? I only read the first one. Yeah, two volumes out now. Volume three comes out in December, with four scheduled for the end of March. Oh no, we've got so long to wait. We're going to have to wait till like 12th March for it. I really liked these first two volumes. Um, mm -hmm. I can't wait to read more. 
And we even had to wait for the second to read the second volume because our comic shop got the second volume before the first volume inexplicably. Oh yeah, since we kept having to put off this podcast since we'd suggested it before, but you we had to just wait for your store to get it in. Yeah, they finally got it in. Yeah, I really, I really, really enjoyed this. I'm like, I'll probably go and order this one like immediately, just because I want to go ahead and read the second volume. And um, the art on the front and the back cover looks so nice, so I, I'd rather have them in print. Yeah, but I'm, I'm glad that we finally got to talk about this one because I really, really enjoyed it. So yeah, it sounds like that's, I think, probably all of our thoughts that we have on both these titles for tonight. <laughs> Our conclusion is is that we're going to get off this podcast and probably go back to reading more manga. Um, But until that point, uh, where can we find everyone online? You can find me on Twitter at MangioRent. I'm still alive. So you can find me there. (laughs) (laughs) And you can find me on Twitter at CompassionateK, where I am currently yelling at Corey about Premier League. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at LondonDreamer, where I am yelling about things like... uh, Horimiya just got an anime, so that's going to be oh. fun. Oh, yeah. Uh, I love Horimiya. Definitely looking forward to some people on my Twitter feed who haven't read the manga ex- um, experiencing that fun relationship between the characters for the first time come January. Also probably going to be yelling about Magus of the Library again. Uh, and otherwise, if you want to just listen to this podcast and not follow us personally on Twitter, it's okay. We're not going to take <laughs> it personally. You can follow us at Manga in Your Ears. And you can find all of our episodes on the Taiku Podcast website, which is T-A-I-I-K-U podcast.com, or is it just Taiku.com? TaikuPodcast.com. TaikuPodcast.com. Okay. I doubted myself. I shouldn't have doubted myself. <laughs> Should have just pressed ahead and made Corey edit it if I got it wrong. Yep. <laughs> anyway, until next time, folks. Bye. Bye. Easy.